Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Everyone loves a good trip away around the Eastern break, but unfortunately the Raw Saturday night visit to Perth didn't quite go to plan as the team went down 3-1. Welcome to the Callum O'Connell, episode 28 of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James and Scott with you tonight. Scott, how's it going? Not bad, James. How are you? Yeah, still recovering from the weekend. It wasn't the nicest result for the Raw. It was a long night Saturday, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't a whole lot of good games on, actually. No, it was... Three dreadful games on Saturday. It wasn't a great weekend all around for Queensland teams, actually, because I watched the Queensland Reds get belted by the ACT Brumbies, so I was hoping at least one of them would get a win. Well, But yeah, speaking of uh, Perth clubs that aren't happy, the Western Force and Perth Glory. There's a bit of whinging going on in Perth, isn't there? Yeah, it's amazing that would happen. You know, Perth fans have such a persecution complex. One of their players could get a yellow card for decapitating an opponent, and they'd still think it was an Eastern States bias. I better not bring up the fact that it's really Eastern Africa, then, should I? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the game. Perth 3, Brisbane 1, Perth mm. locked up a final spot. Brisbane missed a chance to secure a third spot, which was quite disappointing, but there's still yeah. something to play for. Overall, the Raw just weren't good enough. They weren't good enough. They might still end up in third place. We might get to that later on. But they weren't good enough on Saturday night. And, I mean, you look at the team they put out. It's clear John obviously had one eye on the Champions League game, which is tonight. But you'll have known what's happened in that game by the time you listen to this. But he clearly rested players with that game in mind, didn't he? Yeah, well, there were so many players that were missing. There was Michael Theo. Luke, uh, Luke he Dier. left Papadopoulos at home yeah, with Papadopoulos. Christensen and Broich and Tommy Orr. And... Orr, I think, is still injured. But do you... It'll be interesting to see if he features yeah. tonight, actually. He's supposed to be close to fitness, but... Well, based on the comments Aloisi's been saying, is it sounds like he's basically decided that winning the A-League Grand Final is his priority, yeah. and every decision he's going to make from here on out is with the idea of... And I think he's that, kind of made a decision that really... He probably thought that whatever happened in this game, he'd have a shot at third in the final round anyway, because Melbourne City played Perth, so... It's we- still really in our hands, but... That's not a result you want to have against a potential Week 1 Finals opponent. Well, speaking of that, do you feel like that result is going to have any impact on a potential Week 1 Finals match? Maybe, but we saw last year Perth beat Melbourne City in Round 26, I think it was, then two weeks later they had to go to Melbourne and they got beaten. So maybe, maybe not. I mean, I suppose there is that confidence for them, but that wasn't the full-strength Brisbane Raw side. That's that's the one thing you can point to, and also the Raw is incredibly strong at home in Finals. And that's exactly why I'm thinking... Okay, Perth will be thinking, we did beat them, but the Raw are also thinking, well, yeah, we had a whole bunch of other stuff going on at the time. And that's probably about as well as Perth can play. Yep, that's it. And the Raw, I don't think, played anywhere near their potential. I thought they looked very blunt in attack. I thought, you know, they had no real clear-cut chances at goal, even the one they scored was off a very lucky deflection. Anything that Liam Reddy had to save... Was, I can't think of too much. Well, everything that he had to save was a very weak shot that was either blocked or very yeah. weak on target because the shooter was off balance. The one concern, though, is we did have a few attacking players who are, you expect something from. Manuel Arana is just, he's fighting for a contract next year. McLaren is in great form. Brett Holman's a 
marquee player next year between them, you would have thought they'd come up with a couple of chances. We didn't really see too much. And that's where I would actually sort of put a lot of the focus on Brett Holm. And yeah. I won't say blame, but yeah. for me, they didn't really look anywhere near as fluid in attack. And that's where you would expect someone like Brett Holman, like Thomas Broich, yeah. who was out, you'd expect Holman to say, all right, that's it. Mm. We need a goal here. I'm going to take over this game. You want him to lead the, lead the charge early, don't you? Yeah, basically yeah. where someone that you know was a soccer he has played in the yeah. Premier League, albeit briefly, yeah. but he has played top flight in Europe and is still showing flashes of quality throughout the season. I get that he's had the knee injury, but he's had, what, four, five, six games now since then. You'd expect him to be up to speed now. Because Aurora are going to need him in the finals if they're going to do anything. That's right. But overall, it was just a very muted attacking performance. But I'm not saying Aloisi would have gone this way, but I wonder if there was a little bit of an element of let's not show all of our cards, considering we could be playing these guys in a much more meaningful game in two weeks. It's highly possible. Well, I think it's down to three teams that the Raw can play. It's really two and a half, because I can't see City dropping down far enough for the Raw to... To play them, but the th- but yeah, he might have held something back. He certainly held it back in the midfield. That's the one place he certainly did because he left Christensen at home and gave Jacob Pepper an opportunity. And between him and Coletti, they just got overrun in midfield, unfortunately. And look, as impressive as Joe Coletti has been, I still feel like he might need maybe not Thomas Christensen holding his hand, but that sort of big brother yeah. approach where Christensen can sort of guide the young player yeah. along and put him in the right position. Yeah. I just think that the yeah, we've talked about Pepper before. It just it just didn't work between the two of them. Clady had to almost run the show in midfield. He's just not at this stage of his career. He's not quite equipped to do that on his own. Yeah, I. It was a fairly hostile game though. There were a lot of I suppose near flashpoints. Not anything like what you saw at the Port Adelaide Adelaide AFL showdown at the weekend. Thankfully, oh, please but, can we get to that later? Oh, definitely. Thank you. But <laughs> yeah, it was a hostile game. Probably the. Worst thing from the Raw perspective was Jacob Pepper's tackle on Diego Castro, which, look, I don't think it was malicious. I think it was just really stupid movement. Stupid late tackle. He could, if he had got a red card for it, I wouldn't have been too com- too argumentative about it. But I think Lucy and Goarm one in the first ten minutes. I mean, they're pretty similar. Yeah. They're both reckless. But see, that's where I would have drawn the line. But you know the. Pepper tackle, which did wind up injuring Diego Castro, would have probably made Castro yeah. happy at least a little bit because it gave him an excuse to not defend for once. <laughs> you know, instead of just sauntering back 40 yards behind the ball, he You're not a fan could... of Castro, are you? No. Defensively, anyway. I wouldn't... Oh, now, look, I admit it could be a schematic thing where he's yeah. not asked to do a lot of defensive yeah. work, but quite frankly, from what I've seen, I wouldn't want him on my team. I would rather someone like Milos Nikovic that can actually come in and do a job defensively because... You know, I hate to sound like Jose Mourinho here, but everything important starts at the back. I'll take Thomas Broach. Oh, yes. <laughs> t- yeah, well, that's the thing. Just I- steering away from Jose Mourinho talk. But Don't get me started. <laughs> but, well, the way I sort of look at it is you want a guy that can do a little bit of everything yeah. well. And, look, I think we can all agree. At least agree. be competent defensively. Yeah, and I think we can all agree. Thomas Broach, he's not the world's best mm. defender. But he at least sometimes gets back and tries to stand in the way. And he did have Bess Upperisha beside him. I just bumped the computer there, but he had Bess Upperisha beside him for a number of years there who worked so hard he covers. Yeah. You can allow Broich to slacken off slightly, but Brucia covering. But but even then, I still remember Broich getting back yeah. and helping out Shane Stefanudo or whoever yeah. was playing left back at the time. And that is honestly why I don't like Castro. I think he's a selfish player. Okay. Yeah. And I'm There's sure the ball to ball material for Diego Castro if we play him in two weeks. Yeah, well, <laughs> as I said, it all comes from the first time I saw Castro play in Brisbane yeah. where he was busy in the uh, in 
the penalty box with Jamie Young just... Just got... the game last season? Yeah, it was the first time Brisbane played Perth, the 4-0 one, I think it was. And anyway... I can't remember. Anyway. But yeah, so Castro wound up going off injured yeah. now that we've finished that little tangent. And I actually thought Perth really picked up the slack. Yeah, I, Perth actually played quite well in the second half, in the midfield in particular, is where they were able to control the game. And that's where they were able to win it in the second half. They just overran the rule. Roston Griffiths, look, he's a prick of a defensive midfielder, but that's yeah. exactly what you want from He gets something. the job done in there. and He did make a big difference. Yeah. You have to excuse me. I forgot to mute my <laughs> devices before we started recording. It's not the first time that's happened. Second time now. Yeah. But yeah, I thought... Yeah, Roston Griffiths, he had a phenomenal goal as well. Yeah, he was. He actually played really well when he came on. I think I said he's not 100% fit or something. But I was surprised <laughs> to see him sitting on the bench, but... It worked. I, I actually have to admit, though, in the second half, I kept getting distracted by you know a group of dorky Perth teenagers <laughs> who spent the whole game with their back to the field yelling at the away fans. Like, you paid whatever for a ticket. Stop doing that stupid sneezing celebration and watch the football. It might have been more entertaining than watching Perth play. <laughs> we can't really talk. Perth have scored more goals. Than <laughs> I know, it's year. bad, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I've conceded a lot more than the Raw, though. Yeah. But look, just to sum up that game, all in all, quite frankly, I don't think the Raw played well enough to win. No, Perth wanted no. it more and absolutely deserved the it three points. It mattered to Perth far more than it did to us, really, didn't it? Yeah. Particularly after Wellington's result earlier in the day. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're going to get on to that and a little bit more in segment two. We'll be back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. And welcome back to this match day edition of the Brisbane Football Review, here with James and Scott. The Roar are getting ready to take on Kashmir Atlas tonight in the Asian Champions League, so... Because this is a podcast and it's an on-delay meeting, you won't get a lot of discussion about that, but make sure you check out our Facebook page for a post-match reaction video, Scott. Yes, looking forward to it. Yeah, you're looking pretty, camera ready. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard that before in my life, but... I'm ready for my (laughs) close-up. I'm not touching that. (laughs) I've had dates that have gone like that. Anyway... Oh, now, now who's getting the phone call? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> At least mine's on silent. Yeah, well, sorry, Mr. <laughs> Professional. Please. All right, so segment two, as you can tell, it's a fairly light week for content, yeah. so we're stuffing around a little bit more. Uh, segment two, A-League and Local League recap. So the rest of the A-League scores, Melbourne City 1-0 over Adelaide United. Big result for City just yeah. in terms of getting their feet back underneath them. And with Michael Jacobson back, he's, he did make a huge difference to them defensively. They actually have a proper defender now, which is a nice start, but... If they can keep him fit and they can see, get a home final, they just might be able to... Because they they've got the firepower, a lot similar to the Raw. If they get into a, an away semi-final potential, they can do something. Yeah. Well, I've still got my dream final scenario, which I've been mentioning to anyone that will listen over the last few days. Do you want to run this through for the listeners again? Yeah, why not? I think I've said it before anyway. So, my dream final scenario is Brisbane take on Perth in Week 1 and win. Western Sydney travel to Melbourne City and beat them 
in round one. So you've got Brisbane against Melbourne Victory, who admittedly are quite inconsistent. Could win, could lose. We'll see. And you've got the Sydney Derby for the other semi-final. Wanderers upset Sydney again, and the Raw beat Melbourne Victory. Bada bing, bada boom, grand final at Suncorp Stadium again, and we're all happy. And we get to see the RBB here again, invading the Southern Endor Stadium. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, with how they looked in that first grand final, that was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I very nearly swore there, talking about just how good they were, <laughs> aside from those morons with the flair, but, you know, can't, can't have them all good. Now, you got Wellington 1-1 against Sydney FC. I think Sydney will be disappointed that they didn't win this game, but kind of like, like the Raw, yeah. Wellington had a lot more to play for. They did, and Sydney's still on track to get there the record points thing, which I really couldn't care about, but seems to matter to them. And they did have their midfield missing, so... And also, one minor point about that points record, they're doing it in three less games, so yeah. that's got to count for something. It's already a better points record to me anyway. I just really don't care. <laughs> but the Roar of 2010-11 played better football than them anyway. That's really all I care about. Yep. And we, we won the grand final, and they yet... They may very well end up doing so in a month's time, but they haven't done it yet, so... Yep. Now, in this Wellington game, though, there was uh, the first instance of the video assist- assistant referee coming into play, and I think it was, what, 80 seconds after a mm-hmm. handball incident in the box, the referee was given the opportunity to It was to something like call. 57 seconds from the incident happening to him stopping the play. Which? To stop the play, and then they had another 30, 40 seconds on top of that to go and look yeah. at it. Yeah. Which I just... I think it worked about as well as you could have hoped. I wish they'd be able to... Like, in stop the game a bit quicker, but... Because there was 34 seconds of gameplay that had happened there. But then again, you do you want that... Do you want the game stopping and the players standing around scratching themselves mm. like they have in so many other football codes? It's a good question, but I do think... I'd, the, rather, I'd rather see that, let them play it out, because mm. it's not like, say, the NFL, where you've got yeah. stop, start, yeah. stop, start, or you've got those stoppages built so in. That's why I don't like the system, is because the game isn't stop, start. It's always been built around that sort of human error thing. But if we're going to use it, that's... Exactly the sort of situation you want it used in. That's a clear handball from yep. Marco Rossi, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. And yeah, it's a, it's a clear penalty. And Obviously, Wellington felt aggrieved because that pretty much cost them a shot at the top six. But but then don't handball in the box. Yeah. Look, for me, this system was brought in to correct clear and obvious referee errors, which, shockingly, yeah. it was Sean Evans that needed correcting, <laughs> Mr. Popular A-League That's referee. one of the shocking things. The other one is that the tinfoil hat has got to say Sydney FC got the first benefit of the... Of the system. Yeah, yeah, speaking of things, it took 34 seconds yeah. to come out. Yeah. But I think, but again, the way it was played out, it totally made sense. The only thing that they are going to have to crack down on, a player's just going to the referee and whinging because... Well, they're not allowed to. If they're not, say, make a motion for video referee, they're supposed to get an automatic yellow card. Yeah, but unfortunately, do you want to see the referee yellow carding five players? I'd rather yeah. see them just get a stick and whack them. <laughs> And then t- sort of like the uh, Super Nazi off Seinfeld. No review for you. It's only going to take one person to get a second yellow card and get sent off from it, though, to put an end to players <laughs> protesting about it. And then the conspiracy theorists will say that it benefits Sydney, even though it's a Melbourne derby. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Look, it went as well as it could have, and for me, yeah. they got the call right, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, if they, if they had missed that, you would have had to ask serious questions about it. I just find I just find it phenomenal that there are some idiots out there that think, like that you know they were going to complain no matter what you know if they yeah. missed the call then the video referee system wasn't working mm-hmm. and if it wasn't and then but then they get the call right and oh it took thirty four seconds too long. Yeah. The only argument I will say I do kind of buy is the argument that people are making about it should have come in at the start of a season not 
in around 26 of a season. I do kind of understand that argument, but or at the start he's been finals. playing three quarters of the almost the whole season on the one set of rules. And now you got this new set of rules for this time of year. But that that or I suppose if you want to, yeah. I suppose put it in there for finals, yeah. and these two rounds are purely just more yeah. troubleshooting. Yeah. Well, I've been doing it that whole season. Have they troubleshooting with it? Yeah. And that, but then also. It's all well and good doing it yeah. hypotheticals, but yeah. now you've got the thing. But I think it's here to stay. It's the broadcasters like it, so it's here to stay. And also, quite frankly, they're going to get the calls right. So yeah, well, you'd have to hope. Hope so, anyway. Because it's only designed to overturn clear and obvious yeah. errors. Anyway, Western Sydney nil nil against a ten man Melbourne victory. Are we still calling on Melbourne victory? That's three weeks in a row without a win. Don't they have to change their name because that's false advertising. <laughs> well, the Wanderers have got eleven draws this season. <laughs> they have, yes. Western Sydney Drawnderers, possibly. Well, they were back to their bad old selves, really, on Saturday night because they they should have won this game. They were they're in tremendous form and they got against ten men for what forty minutes or something, and they just couldn't couldn't get it through. Couldn't, couldn't create a good enough chance to do so. They had eleven shots and or something ridiculous like that after the red card. That eleven shots in forty minutes are just. And also, you want to take a look at Melbourne Victory. They haven't scored in a long time. No. I can understand why they were defensive in the second half of the of that game, but they didn't look too threatening before that anyway. Yeah, well, we'll see. And then finally, the Wooden, Sto- wooden Spoon, I mean, yeah. M1, F3, whatever they want to call it, Derby. Central Coast 2-0 over Newcastle. I was not in a very good state to watch this having run 15Ks that morning and then sat through the Raw game. So, Scott, what happened? I did watch this game and it was... Reasonably, well, it was as intense as it could possibly be between ninth and 10th. It would have been so much better if there was a relegation battle on the line here. But Central Coast Mountain has actually played quite well at home against Newcastle Jets. And the Jets just... A lot of problems that the Jets seemed to come out. They just didn't have... When they went 1-0 down, I never thought they were going to get back into the game because they just... The quality in the front third wasn't there. And that's what they're lacking. The Mariners have got that tiny bit more quality in the shape of O'Donovan and that's really what got them over the line. Because yep. they played quite well at home. It's like their first derby win in like three, four years or something. So, oh, it's good to see so a streak get broken. To oh, excuse me, just some water coming back yeah. up there. All right, so going into the final round, so the, we'll just look at this purely from a raw perspective here. Yep. So right now they're in fourth place with thirty-nine points and a plus five goal difference. Yep. Melbourne City are ahead of them with a plus six goal difference, same yep. amount of points. Yeah. So. To get third place, basically, the Raw have to... It's pretty simple. Unless yeah. Melbourne City go and absolutely smash Perth Glory, then the Raw should be able to get over the line here because they've only got to score one more goal than Melbourne City. Won't they have to score two because isn't it goals... I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is if goal difference is the same. That's a good question. I might have to look that one Yeah, up. but it's pretty close. I can see that game actually being a draw over in Perth anyway, in truth, so... I think any win for the Raw would get them over the line. You'd think so, but... Because it would make a big difference, not necessarily in week one, because you may not... You may... Perth Perth lose, they still may end up finishing fifth. I I think they can get caught by Wanderers, can't they? I I uh, think they can get caught by Wanderers, but that's it. Perth are on 35... Or 36 points, minus minus one. Western Sydney are on 35-0. Yeah, so they can catch them up, so that would help. So I can see that. So we don't even know if we'll be, who will be playing in week one. So it doesn't really matter third and fourth in that context. But week two, it does matter because I think everyone acknowledges playing Melbourne victory would be a far, far more likely path to a grand final than 
playing in Sydney, but... And it's not as though Melbourne's easy. It's we just shouldn't, purely We should make that. sure we stress that point. Melbourne victory is not going to be easy. But I think what we've seen is if any, of, if either of those two clubs are more likely to have an off day, it's going to be the victory. Yeah. So basically, the Raw need to, yeah, win. Win and win well against Wellington Phoenix and then wait and see what happens in the game afterwards. Because goal score, they're way behind City, so yeah. they've got to hope for the goal different turnaround. Anyway... NPL Queensland, the Brisbane Royal Youth played the Sunday afternoon fixture on the Sunshine Coast against Sunshine Coast FC, and Sunshine Coast defence actually tightened things up and said yeah. they let in four. Yes, they've been seeing 25 goals or something in the last three games, and this was far better from them. They didn't look too bad, actually, in truth. truth. But the Raw, just, they did overwhelm them at the end of the game that day. Was so, it just a fitness thing? Or? I don't know. I just think it's a quality thing, actually. Yeah? I just don't think Sunshine Coast is good enough as a side to go on with these games. They had the opportunity to do so. They scored early in both halves. I thought if they were going to win the game after their penalty in the, early in the second half, they would have. that was their chance. And what, five minutes later, the Raw equalised. And from that point on, I thought they had them from that point on. So, But it was not to be, unfortunately. Not for Sunshine Coast. I'm actually having a little trouble trying to find the uh, A-League ladder tiebreakers. So you <laughs> might have to get one of our listeners to confirm yeah. whether or not it's head-to-head record or goals scored. Cause head-to-head record would... That'd work in our favour. Yeah, it would, actually. Yeah. So, we'll have to see what happens. Other results. Olympic 3-2 over Brisbane City. Strikers 3-0 over South West Queensland. Western Pride 1-1 over Far North Queensland. Mm-hmm. Northern Fury went down to Gold Coast City 2-0. And Morton Bay drew 2-2 with Redlands. Yes. So, you've got Gold Coast City still sitting on top. And then... Oh, we've got Easter eggs just being brought <laughs> into us. Awesome. It's fantastic. This is the advantage of recording here. And yeah. At the Switch Studios, they would have melted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the round eight fixes, you've got Brisbane Strikers, Northern Fury, Morton Bay, Brisbane City, Far North Queensland versus Redlands, Western Pride versus Sunshine Coast, Olympic versus South West Queensland. Saturday night, Brisbane Royal Youth versus Gold Coast City at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe. I'm actually looking forward to this game because Gold Coast City, they're on top of the table now and they've been flying out of the radar a bit. I'm keen to see how what sort of side they are. Yep. So I'm looking forward to that game, but... Definitely. All right, so FFA, FFA Cup round four winners. You had Albany Creek, Brisbane Knights, Logan Lightning, uh, Rochelle Rovers, Southside Eagles, South United, and Uni of Queensland FC. Two of you played Thursday. You've got Wolves against Peninsula Power, Turinga versus Grange Thistle, and Holland Park versus North Pine. The winners of those will join the six Brisbane-based NPL clubs in the final 16 of the Brisbane zone qualifying. So this is getting serious for these teams now. Now they're, they're actually they're thinking, getting oh, we might make it. Yeah, three or four games away from you know, yeah, three games away from qualifying. So it's plenty on the line for some of these teams, including some of like the capital, capital league teams like Brisbane Knights, for example, who managed to beat Lions. They're still alive. It's a good story. Definitely, and we have to hope Magic one of those teams. Magic of the teams, Cup, James. Yeah, actually, I hope one of those teams get right yeah. through. Anyway, I'm eyeing off these Easter eggs, so we're yep. going to take a break. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
Alright, welcome back to the third segment of tonight's Brisbane Football Review podcast. We've just finished downing a whole bunch of Easter eggs, so we're on a massive sugar high right now. <laughs> anyway, Scott, how are you? Good, James. Thanks to Beck for the Easter eggs as well. It's great. Yeah, just brought some in uh, in our break between segments. Yep. And yeah, it's game day for the Asian Champions League for the Raw tonight, so we had a full-strength team news come out during our break. Yes, it looks like they're going for it, which is good. Well, they kind of have to, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose one advantage, if things don't work out tonight, is they can just go all out for the A-League finals yeah, then. this is the last chance. They're going to have to win all three games to have a chance. So. All right, so we're going to go into our news segment now. And the big story that came out Saturday night was that Thomas Broich has decided that he wants to manage Brisbane one day. Yes. How quickly did you say that would be an awesome idea? Uh, as soon as I saw the story. Nothing against John Aloisi, yeah. but... No, no, didn't say for next season. Or anything I like honestly that. think by the time Broich is actually ready and qualified yeah. to manage the Raw, he's, you know, Aloisi's yeah. probably going to be ready looking for another challenge. Yeah. Maybe not the Socceroos post, but... It does sound like Broich also wants to have a, a bit of a break from football when he retires and then go back to Germany and do his badges, so it's probably not anytime soon. You'll see him in the dugout, but I'm, one day down the yeah. line, hopefully I'm, we'll see him back here as manager of Brisbane Raw. It'd be great. I, Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, he's got that football brain as well that you sort of know that he seems like the sort of guy. And you know, Ross Aloisi at the Fan Forum last week yeah. talked about how his brother was a bit of a you know football junkie, and you wonder if Broich is going to have that same sort of thing of, oh, hang on, I know this team likes to yeah. do this in their last few games, so we're going to do this to try and counter it. And if you think about it, it's not necessarily a good thing to go from playing in a team to coaching it straight away. We've seen that hasn't quite worked. Ryan Giggs is a prime example of that. See, John Aloisi. Yeah, it didn't work for him at Melbourne Heart either, so... Yeah, and look, I actually think it would be great to have Broich, you know, learn to be a coach, go back to Germany, maybe do a couple of stints in Europe before coming back to Australia, because one thing that's been pretty clear in his time here, he loves Brisbane. Even if he just goes back to, like, Europe and gets the European UEFA coaching badges, which I know the FFA put effort into their coaching badges, but they're still not the level of European ones. No. So even if he just got those and then came back, he'd be more than qualified. That's right. But one position that could also be vacant down the line, Ange Postacoglu has said he's going to leave the Socceroos after Russia 2018. I'm not all that surprised, to be honest. He'll have been in the job for almost five years by the time that rolls around. So, Yeah, and he's he's always been one to push down barriers, Ange Postacoglu, and I think it sounds like he wants to go to Europe Mm. and be the first Australian manager to make it big over there. And Uh, I I wouldn't bet against him doing it. Yeah, and quite frankly, looking at the way Postacoglu pushes himself, I can totally see him saying, all right, I might have to start in, say, Greece and work my yeah. way up, but I tell you what, the, with the situation at yeah. Arsenal right now, I would love to have him managing there in a while. <laughs> I won't touch the Arsenal thing, but I will say it depends how he goes at the World Cup. Yeah. If he could take the Socceroos on a long run there, he'll be the hot property of world mm. football. Exactly. And somebody will pick him up in one of the top, maybe not the top leagues, but... In those second tier ones. Are you listening, Mr. Gazidis? You've got a phenomenal <laughs> manager, you know, that's going to be available soon. I heard hashtag Wengerin is popular. In Paris. <laughs> and Tottenham. That popular everywhere except for North London, isn't it? Or I don't part know, have of you seen some London? of the banners going around at all the stadiums? Oh, it's funny at the moment. Yeah. It's... The whole thing is just funny at the moment. Because if there's one thing the internet knows how to do, it's beat a joke to death. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's still funny now, but I give it another week before someone's going to put it somewhere entirely inappropriate, like a United Airlines flight. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm not going there. Move on. <laughs> All right. So I will say for the Socceroos, though, I mean the alternatives. There's really only one I can think of. 
It'll be Graham Arnold. <sighs> I know, but... I'm not sold on that. I can't see Popovich wanting the job. I don't think Kevin Musk would get the job, and I don't want him in the want him in the position anyway. I just think it'll be... They'll go local again because that works so well with Ange Postacoglu. It'll be Graham yeah. Arnold. It seems like Popovich would have been the perfect choice two years ago. Yeah. But his, his stock's kind of leveled out. I kind of want him to go and challenge himself somewhere else in a different environment, except for the Wanderers, before he... Because Ange challenged off in a number of different positions. I mean, Graham Arnold built a team in the Mariners. He tried Japan, didn't work out for whatever reason. He's built a team well in Sydney. At least he's done it two different places. Yeah, that's true. It would be... It'd be very different football. It might not be the most pretty, but... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like the next manager doesn't necessarily have to be Australian, though. I just think that's the way the FFA will look at it, though. Yeah. Uh, That'll be interesting. Maybe. Now, one story that did jump out to me was uh, Andy Ma from SEN Radio. Oh, yes. Really, you know, putting the defence up for football, talking about how the crowd violence at the Port Adelaide, Adelaide AFL showdown has been horrifically reported. Violence at Australia's game, James. Well, Australia's game, violence. Look, I, I preface this Ridiculous. by saying I am a huge rugby union fan, even when the Reds are playing rubbish yeah. like they are now. But... The last time I was in person for a stadium and saw a massive brawl, it was at a Queensland Reds game. And I'll process by saying I am absolutely as anti-AFL as you're going to possibly get. Yep. But, you know, <laughs> but, Andy, yeah. Andy Ma is a New England Patriots fan. Trust him to show some common sense. He's right, though. I mean, the, the coverage of that story I did see in the... I think it was in the Adelaide paper. It was like page five or something. And it was like a small story. If that happened at, say an Adelaide-Melbourne victory game at Highmarsh Stadium. That's the fr- that's front pages. page, back page, and there's a two-page spread somewhere in the paper as well. And a Pauline Hanson yeah. video talking about how you need to get rid of the ethnics. That, and also you're going to have, have the, all the media like hammering David Gallup. You have to say something. Yeah. And you've not seen that this week from no, what the AFL it? media towards... I'm not sure what the guy's name is who what runs the it? league. Oh, we're not going to investigate just a few idiots? Yeah. It's always a few junk and larrikins at the AFL, mate. Yeah, that's right. It's... Pretty stupid, but there was a little bit of... Um, I'm going to move on to the next story. So because it wasn't just Andy Ma who has history in, in A-League as well, covering the... Um, it was on the Fox show a couple of years ago, that that's midweek right. show. That's so right. he's... Obviously, he's a big AFL fan, but he's on both, so... Yeah, well, as I said, he's a Patriots fan. Yeah. He's got a good head on his shoulders. It's good to Clearly. see someone call it out anyway, because it's been happening for a long time. Well, look, I'm not going to go so far as to say that the tide's turning and that football's coming, but... No. It's good to just sort of see someone going, hang on, give everyone a fair go here. It's good to see someone calling the facts as they are, not as they want them to be. Now, at last week's fan forum, we got to see, um, I'll, I'll call it a draft of the new Brisbane Raw logo, not, yeah. fi- not the finished product. I thought it actually was quite nice. Like it's, yeah. It seem, does seem a little bit unnecessary, but big picture. Nothing like a logo to get people worked up, though. Oh, I, mean, I don't God. really have a problem with the logo at all, but... The amount of you, amount of hot takes I've seen on this on the logo change the last week, it's driving my head in. Phrase. I know, but and there's the been that, so many of them, though. I know. There were a whole bunch of people auditioning for a job at ESPN with some of the stupid <laughs> stuff they were saying. But I, I just, yeah, I don't get why people got so worked up. And there was even a few complaints about the fact that the lion looked kind of like, it looked like the starting point for that line on the logo was a stock footage. I've just got to wonder... How much time are you spending on your computer going, oh, I've got to tr- I've got to troll through all of these stock photos to see if there's something that I can get angry and complain about? It might have been the first one. You don't know. You never... Okay. <laughs> Who in their Who right knows? mind goes on to, I don't you know, know, stock footage 
photos.com or whatever it is. Google uh, Images, James. Well, that would be a lot easier phrase. But like, <laughs> who in their right mind would actually put the time and effort in to go and search for that? Better idea. Quit your job at Red Rooster. Go and go find a productive way to contribute to society instead. You glad you got that off your chest? Oh, I'm not. I've got a lot more I could say, but we need to go to the game soon. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I was saying, we were talking last night, I was saying not to sound all Jeff Daniels from the newsroom, but do you really want to engage a whole bunch of idiots by posting low-grade stuff like that? I've got an idea. In the off-season, we're going to have to have one episode where we all do, where the three of us just went out of the back, we have to rant about something for the whole for 20 minutes at a time. I'm, I call shotgun on the AFL. That, I'm happy to rant about it, what, about the yeah, AFL and yeah, how rubbish it is if you like. That'll be the Brisbane Football Review Ross Aloisi swearing special. <laughs> <laughs> With no, assist, no assistance in the room to... No, I'm not going to touch that <laughs> either. No Gatorade bottles to kick. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, it was a pretty quiet week for news, yeah. so I think that's going to do it yeah, for now. Yeah, that's about it. Alright, we'll be back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. I need more chocolate. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Back to the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review here with James and Scott. We're going to do a very quick preview of this weekend's Wellington game because we just want to get to the stadium for the yeah. Champions League tonight. So, exactly. uh, all time against Wellington 117 drawn, 6 lost, 6 played 13, 1 9 drawn, 2 lost, 2. But those two losses have been on Wellington's last two visits to Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, they've didn't play them last year at home, it was up in Cairns. So, the last two games I've been here, they've won. Got to win that streak. Absolutely, and it's very important for the Raw to win on. Sunday night as they try and get ready for... Yeah. If they want third place, they've got to win the game. I don't think they're going to get there by drawing, so... Yeah. Well, you, you don't they think could, so? could, but that'd mean Perth would have to win and win by less than... So it's always really complicated. Just, just win the game, please. That's right. <laughs> All right, so we are going to rush through this because kickoff for the Champions League is yeah. in about 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, we've got to get moving. Yep. So... <laughs> squad rotation due to midweek fixture. The only change that I can really see coming about might be Tommy... Tommy Orr coming in and playing yep. maybe for Brandon Barella or Thomas Broich. And we might even see uh, Kai Rolls come in for Cor- Corey That's Brown. That's the one I was going to mention. Corey Brown might get a rest given he's on seven yellow cards. You don't want him suspended for week one of the finals. That would be a disaster. That's right. If Corey Particularly Brown's... if Matt Mackay is not available either. That's... I don't be, think Mackay's stre- going to be available. No, but you'd be stretching further down the depth chart. I don't know Matt Mackay's not a left back, but that was the default fallback option when Corey Brown missed a game earlier. So. Yep. And I think the you know, t- lessons you can really take away from these two fixtures when they played each other last year is just whatever you do, take your chances against these guys. Yeah. I think that's what's really been the Raw's undoing against some of these lower-ranked teams on the ladder. And with Wellington, let's quick that, I think the motivation for Wellington is going to be personal motivation for the players and coaches trying to secure futures. Yep. Because a lot of them are out of contract, including the coach. And regardless of that, if I was a Wellington player, I would have my family waiting in a hotel room on the Gold Coast to head straight down there. I'd be, the if I was Wellington, I'd be booking like the, the penthouse up there at one of these five-star resorts down there. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Starting Mad Monday there. All right, so round 27 fixtures. Friday, Melbourne victory against Central Coast. Central Coast have got to get something to avoid the wooden spoon, and Melbourne well, have maybe, got... Maybe, it depends on what Newcastle do. Newcastle True. have got a... They've got a win, so... True, but I think the victory are going to have a lot more riding on this game because they're going to want that confidence boost going into the finals. And if they don't they don't win this game, they're going to be hounded for two weeks going in because they got the week off. There could be a nightmare down there in Melbourne for victory if they don't win this game. That doesn't sound like something the highly passionate Melbourne football media would do. No, it would never happen, would it? Nope. All right, so then we've got Saturday's double header, Sydney against Newcastle. Yeah, Sydney get the Premier's plate. Good for them. And then... I'm going to make sure I'm out of the house on Saturday. I'm not watching that. <laughs> I'm not watching that. I'm going to be at the Red, so maybe... Actually, I'll be at the NPL game up in Redcliffe, so I will definitely won't be watching. What a Woo-hoo! shame. All what right. a shame. Then you've got Adelaide against Western Sydney in the Champions League hangover game. Yeah, it's going to be a massive hangover game. Then you've got Perth versus Melbourne City. I think that's going to be a draw. I think they'll just cancel each other out. Which we really hope is going to happen, because that will be the best case scenario for the rule. Yep. And I think that's going to go down as our fastest preview ever, but before we do that, quick prediction for Sunday night. 3-0. And I'm going to go 3-1. Make sure you join... And Adam us. says it's going to be 8-0. Yes, Adam says it's going to be 8-0. Adam, yep. we're thinking of you today. Yep. Um, and, yeah. Actually, no, we'll be fair. I'll say he'll say it's 2-0. Let's go for that. Yep. We'll be fair. Yep. And make sure you join us for Fan Cam's post-match, as we hope we'll have a fair few excited Raw fans. Yes. We apologise for the last one not going through, but there were some audio yeah. issues. James's fault. Yeah, right. I'll just take yeah. them. I'm just, I'm, I'm just passing the buck here, it's all. It doesn't sound like something you do at all. Never happened, has it? No. All right. So, <laughs> for me, yeah, three one to the yep. raw. Make sure you join us Sunday night for fan camps. Yep. We've got to get to the Champions yep, League. Thank go. you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you Sunday and talk to you next week. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.